Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. The Bigger Picture, only on Money FM 89.3. Welcome to The Bigger Picture with me, Sean Cheong. And so, what do we make of the Fed's hawkish pause? Why is the market rallying? And what does all this mean for where our money goes from here? Joining me to discuss all of this and more today is Eddie Lowe, Chief Investment Officer, Maybank Singapore's Group Wealth Management. How are you, Eddie? Hi, morning, Sean. Very well. Very well. That's good to know. So, the Fed and the ECB decisions emboldened the bears for one mm-hmm. day before the market went on a crazy move to the upside yesterday. So, it looks like the market is doing something completely different from what from the Feds. Have the Fed announcements lost our credibility? Yeah, indeed. I think uh, if you look at the Fed announcements and ECB announcements, Fed pauses rate hike but guided for two more rate hikes for the rest of the year. Uh, and ECB continued to hike uh, instead uh, and also reiterated its focus in fighting inflation. So as you rightly pointed out, I think the U.S. markets especially initially reacted negatively to Fed's hawkish tone, but they subsequently rebounded. And if you look at last night's performance, I think wow. both, all, all major indices were up, right? So I think there is some belief that the, given the resilience of the macro data that we've been seeing, that the U- U.S. economy will be able to tolerate even two more rate hikes by the Fed. And should growth uh, falter, that could also lead to lower inflation, which should prevent the Fed from hiking further. Because I think the Fed also reiterated its stance that it will remain data dependent. And it wasn't even like guessing whether there'd be a hike. They said we will hike two times. <laughs> and and well, that's what the stock process is suggesting. Yeah. So it's like the market saying, "Show me, you know, <laughs> show me they're really going to do it." Much of the value mm-hmm. that we've seen, though, to the upside uh, recently is especially from the strength of technology stocks outperforming mm-hmm. amidst yeah. this AI buzz. Okay, so much of the AI buzz in the last quarter was, of course, uh, what these companies plan to do yeah, and yeah, what yeah. chips they plan to manufacture. But what can we make of this momentum? Is there really right. proof in the AI pudding? Well, I think AI is actually not new. I mean, we have heard about AI for not just, you know, last year. But the buzz really started with this whole proliferation of uh, ChatGPT. And then over the past quarters, we have seen strong guidance from tech companies on AI-related revenues, right? So I think fundamentally, there is indeed upside potential uh, from the usage of AI, which could help to boost productivity, enhance revenue and earnings growth. However, you know, having said that, the, the timing and actual impact remains highly uncertain. And on the downside, we could also see increased competition and as well as regulatory risks. And that could set in as well. So the question is whether at this juncture, evaluation has run ahead of fundamentals. So as of now, the AI rally is, does not seem as bubbly as the dot-com bubble. Uh, we have actually witnessed in the early 2000s, right? Although there are some signs of exuberance. So we would avoid blindly chasing after momentum, uh, but instead look for AI adoption beneficiaries where the valuation has not really reflected the positives at this juncture. Okay, so you set me up right here and I, so I have to ask you, <laughs> what is the difference between this AI and, mm-hmm. and the bubble that you mentioned earlier? Well, the, the bubble, the dot-com bubble, as if you recall, in the early 2000s, there were a lot of, uh, well, there was Y2K, right? So there was uh, a lot of talks about the need for new AI IT investments to, 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 to support or to overcome this Y2K bubble. Uh, and I think it led to the emergence of several companies uh, that are still in existence today, right? Uh, the likes of Microsoft, Intel, and then Cisco. 
some have actually prevailed. Microsoft is still doing very well till today. But if you look at the likes of Cisco, I think they, are, they have not really recovered to the peaks in the early 2000s. Yes. Microsoft, as you know, uh, hit an all-time high yesterday. It's trashing, exactly. it's trashing our indicators right now. <laughs> uh, if you, any any indicator you look at, it's just trashing it. So let's just take a look at back <laughs> to the to the market. So before right. the Fed and the ACB announcement, the conversation was: Do the bulls have control of this market, or do the bears mm-hmm. have this market? Well, right now we are twenty percent of the low. Technically, we are in a bull market. Uh, right. Should we believe this, or you know, should there be should is there belief in this? Should there even be any belief in? Well, at the start of the year, I think consensus were very cautious uh, about the macro outlook, about the markets, talking about impending recession. So to a certain extent, I think the first half performance of the S&P 500, I think, surprised a lot of people. And and technically, the S&P 500 looks to be in a very strong uptrend, as you rightly pointed out, you know, and fundamentally... You know, there are reasons to be positive. We're seeing headline inflation, the Fed pause, economy and earnings that has not really fallen off the cliff uh, with this boost from AI as well. Now, having said that, you know, there, there are still risks that we cannot ignore. The regional bank sector, I think uh, that there could be more uh, downside risk to that. Commercial real estate in the US, the broader economic slowdown, uh, companies are still uh, laying off staff. So recession risk, I think, remains pretty high in the U.S. So, so it could be a scenario we get a delayed landing instead of no landing, which, what is, which is what the market is pricing in right now. Okay. So let's just take a look at the mm-hmm. S&P. So S&P 500 is now at about 4,400 points. Right. And of course, we've been stuck at 3,800 to 4,200 forever exactly. before this massive move to the upside last in that only happened in the last couple of weeks so right. in the beginning of the year we were all a lot of there were a lot of concerns about a recession in fact uh, in, yeah so what would be the difference be if we get a recession now with the S&P mm-hmm. 500 at 4400 points versus if we had it let's say when it was back at 3800 well I think the key difference is really about valuation you know at uh, 3800 S&P is actually priced at about 17 times uh, 20, 2023 earnings at 4,400 is actually 20 times 2023 okay. earnings. So what this means is that should growth not pan out as well as what the market is actually right now pricing, we could be potentially facing greater downside risk. And that, that is something that we also caution our clients and investors at this juncture. Right. So it's a, it's a larger fall since we're higher. Yeah, in, exactly. In, in short. Okay. <laughs> Well, and let's also turn our eyes into what else has been happening around Asia mm-hmm. this week. Uh, Japan has been one of the outperformers alongside South Korea. China is well uneven. So, mm-hmm. can we look at what's happened in the US and in the last couple of weeks and apply the same thesis to Asia as use it use as a reference, especially you know China. Well, in a- Asia, if you look at the performance of Asia stock markets this year, uh, what we have seen is actually cyclical markets as like Japan, South Korea, and as well as Taiwan, they have outperformed, right? Uh, but we are currently pretty neutral on these markets because we think that the positive has been largely priced in. Now, on China, uh, as you pointed out, recovery remains uneven. Uh, retail sales services have benefited from the reopening, but manufacturing recovery has been lackluster. Property sales also remained weak. Now, having said that, uh, we are seeing greater urgency from the government to launch additional support. So if you look at the news flow yesterday, uh, the PBOC just lowered uh, its uh, one-year medium-term uh, lending facility rate, which is a key policy rate for the first time in 10 months. Right? And in addition, there were reports saying that the government is actually holding urgent meetings with business leaders 
on revitalizing the economy. So there, there is actually outside potential from policy support to help China's recovery broaden out. Uh, and that could support new job creation because we all read about the very high youth unemployment in China. Yep. Uh, and that could also help to stimulate domestic consumption. So that should work well for the stock market. And in fact, if you look at the performance of Chinese stock markets, especially some of the beaten down techniques, they have actually started to show some signs of rebound since early June. So I think that is encouraging. Right, that, uh, that's very good to hear. Uh, unfortunately, I don't have much time left and I'm going to have to let mm-hmm. you go here. Thank you very much, uh, Eddie. Right, it's been a pleasure. It's Thank a you. Ple- yeah, have a good day ahead. And this, yeah, is, this is Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.